Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name's Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, wrapping up the bowl previews. You ready to go? We are. We got two interesting games here. One of them lost a little bit of luster when the entire team opted out, essentially. But it is what it is. We'll, we'll preview it anyway. Yeah, both of these games on January the 2nd. This wraps up bowl season here for the ACC. Again, only six games this year, but th- these should be a couple of pretty fun, interesting games, I think. We'll start, again, this is on January 2nd uh, at noon on ESPN. It is the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl from TIAA Bank, TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, yeah, Florida. buddy. I don't know how many A's are in there. Uh, number 23, NC State, a two-and-a-half-point underdog against the Kentucky Wildcats. Mike, is the right team favorite here? Nope. I don't really think they are either, and I don't really get uh, this but- line. It's, it's a little suspicious to me. It is, and I'm uh, I. I don't feel confident enough in it to lock it up. What I what I think Vegas is saying is Kentucky plays better competition. NC State's a fraudulent eight and three, which, eh, like. My question here is like, what what is Kentucky exactly like hanging their hat on from a resume standpoint? I agree. I'm with you, and that's that's what I was just about to say. Like, okay, great. Kentucky's four and six. Name their best win. Uh, probably 34-7 over Tennessee early in the year. And yeah. honestly, Mike, it might be a 42-41 loss to Ole Miss. So, yeah, congrats on going 4-6, and six, Kentucky. This was not a great year for Stoops, I yeah. think it's fair to say. Uh, now, Kentucky, you know, had a pretty good year last year, went to a Belk Bowl. Lynn Bowden was playing quarterback, used to play receiver. Like, they... It was a mess last year uh, for Kentucky due to injuries. You know, Terry Wilson comes back, and honestly, like, I don't think the offense was as good. Yeah. And I I just, I I look at this Kentucky team, and sure, I think they can win this game, and, you know, you can have questions about NC State or whatever, but, like, NC State went 8-3. and Bailey Hawkman came in, was better than expected. Defensively, you know, NC State has hung in there, and, I think they'll hang in there in this game. Like, there's nothing here that screams like Kentucky is far and away the better team. Vegas isn't saying that either, by the way. It's only a two and a half point spread. Like, they're not saying that this is all of a sudden going to be Kentucky in a runaway. But I, I just feel like NC State's been a better, more consistent team. Um, of course, Kentucky has played tougher competition. I mean, Kentucky loses to Georgia 14 to three in a really ugly game. Georgia played extremely poorly there. Um, but but like you mentioned, like one of Kentucky's losses is probably their most impressive showing, right? One of those yeah. two losses against either Georgia or Ole Miss. It's not any of the wins. I mean, even the Tennessee win. I mean, Tennessee was bad this year, and they were good at the time, but Tennessee ended up being pretty bad. So, yeah, I I don't know. I, I think this is a line totally made on the fact that Kentucky plays in the SEC and that NC State 
might be a little fraudulent because of the competition they've played. But I, I like NC State here. Uh, I, I like what they bring to the table offensively. Um, defensively, I, I think they're going to be able to hang in there. I don't think Kentucky is going to just blow the doors off of them with what they do offensively. The, NC State's not going to see anything from a skill-talent standpoint or honestly from a schematic standpoint where they're going to look at this and be like, yo, we haven't seen this all season. Yeah. Um, it, Kentucky doesn't run an offense. It's that complicated. And NC State's never seen it before. So from a schematic standpoint, I think NC State will know what's going on. And I think from a talent standpoint, they have enough talent to hang with Kentucky. I like NC State to win this game. I'm going to take the, the underdog here every time. I think so too. I again, I'm 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 kind of spooked by the line. It's one of these where it seems like somebody knows something, and I, I don't think NC State's got any like real meaningful opt outs going right. here. Um, yeah, I don't get this. Like, it's weird seeing a four and six team favored over a ranked team. Like, that's it's just odd. Um, yeah, Kentucky. I mean, defensively, they've they've had moments. I mean. They, they had a stretch there of about four games where they gave up two to Mississippi State, seven to Tennessee, uh, 20 to Missouri, and three to Georgia. And then they somehow turned around and gave up 35 to Vandy. Right. And then they got blown the hell out two weeks in a row against Alabama and Florida, 63 to three and 34 to 10. So, I mean, it's not like it's not like they've been flawless or, or really even truly particularly good. Uh, a little bit of a down year for what Kentucky was you know, in the last couple of years. Yeah, I don't get this one. I don't get it at all. I, I'm I'm with you. I think I I like NC State to win this game outright. I, I think they're the better team. I think they should be favored. Just kind of a strange setup here. I don't know. This is yeah. odd. In Kentucky, I'm pretty sure that was the game that got Derek Mason fired from Vanderbilt. Yeah, probably. Right. Um. Well, they were zero and six. It was either that week or the following week. But anyway, no, like, it was the following week against Mizzou because I watched way too much of that game as they lost forty-one to nothing. I was just waiting on uh, Sarah, Sarah to, to kick. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but anyway, I, I don't know. I don't feel great about Kentucky's team, and Mark Stoops is a great coach, and that has nothing to do with it. It's just been kind of a hard year, and I don't think he got as much out of this team as he would have in a non-COVID year. Yeah. And, Terry Wilson just also wasn't as good as expected. I think a lot of people were expecting more out of him at quarterback position, but you know, coming off of an injury and then not having the off season that, that hurts. It hurt a lot of teams this year. Kentucky's not, you know, a team that's uh, been able to get away from that either. So, right. Yeah. The, the only other thing I can think, and, and you mentioned it with Kentucky as well, they're the sec team. They've played a tougher schedule, something like this with NC state. On the other hand, you could say, well, you know, they're eight and three, but who who really did they play? You know, they went through the SC, the ACC and didn't play Clemson. They didn't play Notre Dame. Like they had a, a somewhat easy schedule from that standpoint. But I mean, NC State has like gotten better throughout the course of the season. I think they've looked reasonably good. Like I, again, I, I don't I don't get the uh, <laughs> the willingness to, uh, to to sit there and favor Kentucky here. So I don't know. So right. yeah, give me NC State outright. I think you're saying the same thing here, Mike. Yep. Totals fifty and a half. Thoughts? Under, I think. Yeah, I think so. Low scoring, ugly-ish game. I don't envision um, Kentucky scoring a ton here. I don't, and I think NC State could potentially run into some issues against Kentucky's defense as well. So, yeah, I, I think it could be ugly. I, I like ugly to watch. I, I don't think either team's going to blow the other one out. I think it'll be a competitive game from that standpoint, but I think it'll be an ugly watch. You want to make the under an official play? Yeah, let's make it play. What the hell? Let's do it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that one alone. I, could, yeah. I I lean under with you, but 
50 and a half is not a ton of points, so yeah. it wouldn't take a ton. Uh, all right, NC State and the under. Last one, Mike. 8 o'clock on ESPN on January 2nd, the Capital One Orange Bowl from Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. The number 13, North Carolina Tar Heels, a 7.5-point underdog against the number 5 Texas A&M Aggies, total of 65.5. Mike, NC State didn't have a ton of, of, of opt-out news that we heard from. We heard a lot of opt-out news about North Carolina. Michael yeah, Carter, their best best defensive player, Chaz Surratt. Like you mentioned, Michael Carter, Javante Williams, best wide receiver, Deami Brown. Yep. Yeah. So that is a lot of production that will not be traveling with the Tar Heels to play in this game. Uh, it's going to be a tough spot against a really talented and uh, I, I don't know exactly what to call They're not like an explosive Texas A&M team, but they're just... There are sometimes. Sometimes. But... Yeah. As long as Kellen Mond's the quarterback, your ceiling can only be so high. Right. Yeah. If nothing else, like they're really good. Like any argument that I had about them not belonging in the playoff is not saying that they're not good as much as right. I didn't think that they were playoff good slash deserving. And that's okay. I didn't think UNC was either. And I think it should be a fun right. game. Hopefully, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Texas A&M, lock it up. Woo. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Locked. Consider that locked. Um, yeah. This would not have been the pick with North Carolina's roster fully intact and all their skill players. That's just a lot of talent missing. North Carolina's a talented team. They still have Sam Howell. Uh, but, I mean, A&M's really good. And I am bummed about this because in a, in a non-COVID year, even if you do have guys who are heading to the NFL, they're not skipping the Orange Bowl. You know what right. I mean? Like you're having most of your... You might have a guy or two opt out, but you're not having, you know, most of your offense and a significant player on your defense opting out of this game, which is a bummer, but I get it. I understand why they don't want to go through with it, and it's fine. It's a weird year. But this is A&M's got to be the pick here. I mean, most of their players are playing in this game. Most of North Carolina's significant players are not. A&M's the pick, and it would have been North Carolina, and I actually would have picked North Carolina to win this game outright, honestly, if they had all of that talent playing in the game. This isn't a knock on North Carolina at all. It's just when you have that kind of skill talent opt out of the game, it's really hard to bet on them to to cover. And A&M's really good, like you mentioned. I mean, they are really good, and I make jokes about Kellen Mond, and it's not that Kellen Mond's a bad quarterback. It's just that he has the propensity to have you know a bunch of plays that make him look like a top three or four quarterback in the country and then a bunch of plays that make him look like a bottom three or four quarterback in the country he's just kind of an enigma um but i think he's good enough to make enough plays in this game and i think a&m wins and i'm comfortable with the pick because i just don't trust north carolina without the guys that they are missing so the hook on that seven and a half doesn't scare you uh <laughs> Well, I mean, it does. It does a little bit, but I mean, it's, it's worth you know, I'm betting on. I'm betting on Kellen Mond, which is a dangerous thing to do. <laughs> yeah, and Texas A&M doesn't like this. Is this was really truly my complaint with Texas A&M for a lot of the year is that they're a team that like doesn't really get a ton of separation. Um, they're a team that is happy to to win. You know, a game that they were favored by fourteen. They're they're happy to win that thing by ten. Like right. they, they don't need to, to blow people out uh, in a lot of cases. And so that's, yeah, if you're giving points with Texas A&M, that's a, a bit of a dangerous proposition at times. 
They're a Jimbo coach team. That's what they do. Yep, absolutely. Ride it out. Absolutely. Um, gosh, I'm tempted. I'm tempted to go with North Carolina here, anyways. And, and I realize there's the opt outs. There's there's two reasons, Mike. Number one, there's the give a damn factor. Uh, Texas A&M, at least out in the media, acting like they've been really slighted. Like they they really deserve to be in the playoff. How dare you put Notre Dame in? We earned this. Blah 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 blah. So might look at this as like this is the consolation prize, and now we don't really care. Certainly, if they go down like fourteen nothing in the first quarter or something like that, the game might be over. Like they just pack it up and and we're done. The other thing is, Mike, and and you mentioned all that skill talent for North Carolina that that's gone. That's true, but the guy who's still there is Sam Howell, uh, and and that's a guy that I I have a feeling even without his favorite receiver, Deami Brown, even without his two running backs, like that's a guy that's still can make the other guys that are there can make them look good. Um, and, yeah. and he can get the ball to him in, in spots and in, in space and all that. And yep, that offense on some level has kind of leaned on Javante Williams and Michael Carter. But I mean, UNC has been able to move the ball with a lot of people, uh, a lot of people this year. And so it's, you know, to think that I, I guess, I mean, nobody else has really run the ball more than 12 times for them this year. So that's worth considering, but, um, you know, to think that DJ Jones or Elijah Green or something like that could maybe get a few more carries and and be able to keep up decent production. You know, not exactly Carter Williams level, but something kind of close. I think that's probably on the uh, on the table. I don't know. I'm trying I, to talk myself into this right now. I like your first point a lot more than this second one. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. You sound like me trying to talk myself into Notre Dame covering three scores in the last podcast. Right, right. No, I, I totally am. And truthfully, I, I I cannot advise betting on this game more no. than like 30 minutes before kickoff. Like, yeah, still feels like there's we're going to find some stuff out about who is and isn't playing for Texas A&M. And and I also feel like we're going to learn a lot about how this game is going to go in the first 10 or so minutes. Yep. Because Texas A&M's defense is really good and they I mean, if anybody can kind of slow down this North Carolina offense and drag them down and, and make them look bad, like A&M's got a defense on the level of Notre Dame in the way that Notre Dame was able to do that. Quick anecdote on live betting, Joey. I watched the Alamo Bowl between Texas and Colorado, and I was texting you about it, and yeah. I said yeah. it was you know six minutes into the game. Texas had just scored on their first possession. They forced a Colorado, you know, Colorado to give the ball back. And I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, all right, Texas minus 14 and a half live seems really good. I'm going to jump on that. Now, Colorado did play a bit more competitively in the second quarter of that game. Then they got blown the hell out in the second half. Yep. And the give a damn factor from Texas was real. And I saw that early and I made money. So I wouldn't advise just making live betting a normal thing. But during bowl season, you feel pretty good about the give a damn factor. Yep. And placing some live wagers. So. It's really hard to handicap bowl games, especially this year, but just in general, it's very difficult to handicap bowl games. This year, I really advise live betting. Even if you put in bets for the game already, just live bet if the game isn't going how you expect it in the first, you know, like you mentioned, first 10 or so minutes. You can get a pretty good gauge as to how it's going to go. You might want to hedge a little bit. Just put that out there. Yeah. I had a live bet on the earlier game last night and let's just say it didn't go my way. And I'm, I'm still a little steamed about it and I might be, uh, might be done wagering on some of these games. The earlier game was Oklahoma state, Miami mm-hmm. and Joey bet on the pokes. And like I mentioned to Joey, 
I was like, hey, I mean, that seems pretty good with the way things are going. It's Miami and in a bowl they, game. Derek King looks like he's going to be done for a long, long time. Like, of yeah. course. Like, why would I not? Yeah. And and by the way, they were up 11 at halftime. The, the spread was 10 and a half. It was like, well, yeah, like they'll probably extend this lead out and just it'll turn into a blowout. Right. And then it yeah. didn't. Yeah, Nikosi Perry played like the game of his life when he came in. We'll recap all these bowl games, mm-hmm. but that was the other portion of it. But yeah. we're getting off topic. Anyway. I was going to say, that's a story for a different day. Anyways, um, you know what? What the hell? Give me North Carolina. Keep it close. I, I don't know if they'll win, but, you know, we'll say A&M wins by three. I'll take North Carolina like, you know, so we'll say A&M like 38-35. I think it's kind of shootouty game, Mike. Yeah, okay. I think it'll be I- pretty fun. I think it will be high scoring. It it may end up being really good, and that's what I hope because I I thought this was on paper one of the best bowl games of the season. So I'm really yeah, hoping it yeah. turns out to be that good, even with all the opt outs for North Carolina. Daz Newsom still playing, so Sam Howell has one guy to throw to. That's right. Ocarales playing. This is, if I'm not mistaken, this is the last football game we will see before the national title game, and that is correct. Uh, this yeah, this coming on you know on January the second. Only one game after this one is the national title game. So yep. and enjoy these, you know, both of these games here, two of the last four feature ACC teams. So uh, enjoy these while they're on for sure. Yep. Mike, I think that's all I got on this game. Anything else? Did I miss something? I feel like I might have. I don't think so. It's been I pretty mean, efficient. Yeah. I, these two games are going to be pretty good, I think. Um, and I, I think they'll be competitive. Mm-hmm. And again, the NC State Kentucky game could be a little bit of an ugly watch, but it'll be competitive. And I think we're going to learn a lot about NC State too. And hey, man, nine wins for Dave Doran. You win the bowl game in the Gator Bowl against an SEC opponent. What Throw the year. record out with Kentucky. Just say you won, <laughs> won a game against an SEC team in the bowl game, and you won nine games in a hot seat year. Hell yeah. Like, let's go to 2021. Absolutely. Pandemic, hot seat, nine and three, bowl win. Like NC State, we'll we'll do a we'll do kind of a season wrap, I'm sure. But NC State's got to be one of those teams in the ACC that would feel pretty damn good about themselves, regardless of the bowl outcome. But especially if they win this game against Kentucky, they're gonna be feeling great about things. Yep, absolutely. No, this is a huge opportunity for NC State. Yeah, to to end a a good season on a high note and make it kind of a memorable one. Um, so, somehow, some way, it would still end up with NC State never having a ten-win season. But anyways, we don't have to talk about that too much. Um, it was it'd be really good year, Mike. Really good year. And, it's Dave Doran's best coaching job. I will say that. I yeah. mean, he had a nine-win season where I thought he underachieved, and he did more with less this year, right. and right. it was impressive. Now, scheduling helps, sure, but I mean, this was not a team that we saw in the preseason, even with the updated schedule, winning eight games in the regular season, potentially nine with a bowl. That was a shocking result. I mean, if, if, if schedule, like if he, if he, if you finish nine and three with 10 conference games in there, like yeah. that's a hell yeah. of a year. It's yeah. Hell of a year. So yeah, it should be a fun one for NC state, hopefully for North Carolina too. I was trying to come up with like a theme for this one. So we had the health foods game and then we had the, the playoff games. And now I guess it's like North Carolina versus the sec games <laughs> like it's just the sunshine state games i think you know you got a game in jacksville you got a game in miami i mean yeah i'll take it i'll take it sunshine state games that'll work yeah. uh, that'll be a good title for this podcast i'm Thank very you. creative nailed it nailed it uh mike that's all i got anything else uh i think we're good on to recapping and then on to previewing the natty that's right that's right in theory 
Um, I mean, you never know. It could be Ohio State-Bama, and we'll probably still preview that to some degree, but um, I don't think we expect it will be. So, All right. Uh, Mike, let's get out of here. They can come find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel VT together at BC Podcast ACC. Also at BC Podcast ACC on Instagram. Come find us there. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. And Mike, they can send us an email with their questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. And you want to tell them where else they can find us on the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of your podcasts there. Go to homefieldapparel.com, 20% off your first order with the promo code GOACC at checkout. That's right. Please do that. Thanks to those who have. Uh, great stuff. Really enjoyed what I got for Christmas. Highly recommended. Uh, Mike, you want to get out of here and come back and recap some bowl games? Yes, sir. Maybe preview a national title game? Who knows? I, eh, look, any, anything's possible, right? <laughs> it's been a year, Mike. It's been a year. Yeah. All right. Well, we will do that. And in the meantime, uh, again, you can find us all those places. And we uh, we appreciate your listenership. It's been a fun year. Thank you so much for keeping up with us and for listening. And uh, again, we'll come back and recap some games. We'll keep going into the offseason. We'll still be here. Um, so keep it tuned here. Yep. All right. Until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.